what are what would you guys consider yourself? There's no right or wrong answer. It's how you define them. Dork, nerd, geek. I can tell you what what we determined myself to be if you want me to go first, but I'm curious what you guys would consider yourselves. I'd probably go geek, geek or nerd. What was this? Dork? Dork, nerd, or geek? You've never played DNG, Max? No. <laughs> On the face of it, it feels like you have some pretty distinct categories that are mapped out here. Uh, I'd probably go in the dork. I probably live in the dork realm if you had to pick, nice. pick one of those three. We're dorks. Yeah, my definition for dork was like, you say some funny stuff. Sometimes you think is is legit, real. But then the nerds always will come in and correct you when it's wrong, uh, usually about something obscure. And the geeks, I think, are like kind of fanatical, which I guess, you know, we could kind of be geeky with soccer. I'm glad this is such like a positive conversation around all these words, you know? That's what's important. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, they're fun. And it's cool to be a nerd, dork, or geek. Welcome to Footy Fellas, coming at you from Chicago, Minnesota, and Connecticut. That's right, we're in three places, three fellas in three places. We're still going to be talking soccer, life, games, playing mind games. We got a little something for you. If you haven't yet, throw us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, at Footy Fellas Pod. And today we are previewing Euro 2020, which is coming up very soon. The tournament that was delayed a year. Rosters are now picked. Groups are most definitely in place. Favorites and underdogs are hoping to live up to or outdo their labels, and it's really just exciting times. So we're going to hit all the big storylines, predictions, break down the groups, and there's also a lot more Euro content on our YouTube and Instagram, so check that out if you're getting excited for the tournament like us. Super stoked. Friday's the day, June 11th to July 11th, month-long tournament. It's going to be a fantastic month. Most excited I've been for a European tournament in my entire life. So I'm just trying to share the energy with the Fofs. Have you have you watched the Euros before, Icy? Oh yeah. Actually, it's funny. Maddie and I back in 2012 when we just started dating, we, you know, big soccer we're, we're a decently soccer family, the Sheehys. And uh, we had the games on. Portugal was on. I really do not like Ronaldo at all, so I was talking trash. And they still remember that to this day, all the girls. <laughs> and uh yeah so it was fun so we were we were reconnecting about that and then 2016 yeah oh yeah we watched watch portugal won unfortunately not my favorite team in the world but now look 2021 i've come around portugal's kind of my team of the tournament but we can t- we can get into that a little later it's so i i find these tournaments summer 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 specific international tournaments are so special and they make the summer really feel like it's um, just, just that much more magical, that much more special. Like when you have the world cup in 2018, that summer was fantastic. When you have euros taking place over the summer, it's, it's almost, it's not, you know, of course on that magnitude, but there's something really special about the regionality of the tournament that's taking place, be it the euros or Copa America. And, um, and then seeing how passionate those teams are and, 
and and just enjoying it. You're just chilling. It's the summer. It's 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 not. There's no. You're no. You're not devoted to your, you know, local EPL club or what local. What am I saying? But you're not devoted to your EPL <laughs> team. You know, in game week and game out. It's 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 like a fun little vacation tournament that you're watching. Um, but the thing that gets me excited is just the I, I love the passion you get from the localized regional things going on and that they're playing in Europe around Europe. Um, there's more pride on the line ditto with like when you're watching South American teams play each other and you've got Uruguay passionately playing against Argentina or Chile and Brazil. Those aren't rivals. All, all four of those I, I mixed, but point is you, you get those regional passions, which are super cool and fun to watch. And, um, it's exotic. It's kind of a fun, exotic thing for us to kind of dive into and, We've got nothing to lose except our minds. I see. You are wearing a England jersey, it looks like. Does that relate at all to who you're rooting for? That's just a cool jersey you had on hand. <laughs> the latter. Cool jersey I've got on hand. Uh, thank you, Jonesy, for a lovely gift he gave me a couple of years back. He got me a French kind of warm-up that I've been wearing in my analysis vids. Uh, so I don't have too many Euro national jersey or wear so just a couple and i rock them when i can i i, I do want to get more i think the footy fellas we were talking about should we just rep a team that might be a little more low-key or should we should we commit to something uh, but yeah definitely looking to expand my jersey collection yeah we might be looking for a team from the fops and, and maybe we'll put some of that out on social media uh do we have any criteria for the team we'd want to rep since we obviously the u.s isn't in it we're all based in the u.s we are watching them a little bit in the Nations League semifinal and final coming up, which is cool. But European team-wise, do we have any criteria we should amend to our ask of which team we should root for? I mean, I I feel like uh, the knee-jerk is is not to go basic um, in that we don't want to go with a, a front-runner. You don't want to go with... It can't with be the... England. It can't be France. It can't be Portugal, for sure. It, it feels like that. And then even like even a step below that is is Belgium really fair or, you know, I don't know who else we'd kind of put in that stratosphere of like somewhat being a contention Croatia ish. Like I, it's like it's almost like we're saying, hey, actually, you can pick any of the bottom like six teams and then 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 we'll support them. It's on like the fact that we haven't just said North Macedonia off the bat is what we're doing is kind of surprising. I don't know. Any other criteria I'm missing here? I, I think that's very solid criteria. I This tournament just gets me so excited because you think about the teams, the Italy, the Netherlands, who have actually been in poor performance in previous tournaments. You know, Italy and Netherlands, for instance, did not qualify for 2018 World Cup. What? Unheard of. And the Netherlands haven't won a Euro Cup game since 2008. They lost all three in 2012, didn't even qualify in 2016. Italy's looking hot now. They're, they're coming into this tournament hot, uh, but no one's really talking about them. I don't think, you know, I think Italy is ranked pretty high. They might be a, a cop out if that was our team of the tournament, but they're slightly under a slight underdog team, even though being ranked seventh in the world. My personal team, throwing it out there for the, for the squad to consider, Ukraine. I think Ukraine is, not, is nice. They've got a sweet group in Group C, and they're hot. They're hot right now. 
I think Italy for me would be a shoe in just because I eat pasta too much for that to be <laughs> like a new thing for me, a new team to root for. If you eat pasta more than four times a week, you're already rooting for Italy. Like somewhere deep down, <laughs> I'm already rooting for Italy, you know? So yeah, I, I will definitely consider Ukraine. I'd also throw Denmark in that mix. Very exciting. A lot of Premier League players. Who doesn't love Schmeichel in goal? Seeing, you know, the aging vet, now the uh, FA Cup winner repping in net and some other Premier League players littered throughout that squad, but they're not favorites. They're definitely potentially even underdogs to, to make it out of their group, Group B. So I don't know if you have a name you want to throw in the mix, Jones, for, for us to mull over throughout the pod. You know, I, 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 I want to avoid staying in like the, the Anglo-Saxon, you know, I mean, it's, it's all, we're all dealing with a fairly white European centric um, angle here, but um, Scotland, just because of their, their route into the tournament, they're just such an underdog that it's hard not to cheer for them. I think we know a lot of their players. Yes. From the premier league. Um, but, but more importantly, guys, I think we can all relate to, you know, showing up, showing up to the party and Hey, you know what? Maybe, maybe we don't really, people don't think that we belong here, but gosh, darn it. Like we've got salsa moves. We got some nice dance moves and we're hitting the dance floor and you're going to see us and you're going to respect us. They salsa in Scotland, right? There's a lot of salsa in Scotland. Yes, but zero spice, no spice. They don't like the heat. They don't like it at all. So like it's, it's ketchup. It's, it's what they call it. It's pretty, pretty much ketchup. But yeah, I would submit Scotland if I may. If you, you are traveling to Scotland later this year, which is very exciting. If they win Euro 2020, how does how do you think that changes your trip experience? I mean, it's a good point. Um, it's something that my mom and I have factored in uh, to the plans. If Scotland wins, um, if Scotland wins, I think we're we're not coming back. I think that's kind of how that works. <laughs> I think we stay there. Extreme. Yeah, I, I mean, what are you gonna do? Like that's their like it's they're the best country now for the next like what four years. So ride the wave. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna get a kill. I'm gonna get a kilt. I'll own it. Bandana Janice is gonna just buy the house out there. Yeah, no a wee hoose, just a wee hoose, a wee hoose, right next to the. <laughs> she can plant potatoes. No, that's Irish. That's not Scottish. <laughs> I don't know what the Scottish do. <laughs> Could be on a hillside somewhere, a small house yeah. on a hillside. That'd be exciting. Max Jones, be more exciting for us to see you on this Endcaster video chat if you were just in a in a wheat field farming and happened to do a podcast. You'd be much more interesting, much more unique as a farmer in Scotland doing an American soccer podcast than you would a guy living in Chicago doing an American soccer podcast. I'll just say that. Is it even is it even an, uh, an American soccer podcast at that point? You know, is it now international? No. Still American. Still American. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Unless your accent changes over time. What if I develop a Spanish accent? Then we're officially a Scottish soccer podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you want to take us through a little bit of last week today before we get into Euros specifically, Jones? What happened in, in the world of footy? Let's do it. We haven't done this in a little while, gents. So um, some of these things I think we've talked about, but I don't know if we've talked about it here. So let's let's have a little forum. Uh, Tony, could you please hit the beat? Thank you. No, not that one. The other one. 
No, not that one. The other one. Oh man, it's gonna be a lot of work for Tony. Tony, 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 you know I don't this. want that one. The other one, Tony. Oh, man, Tony's really going to have a, a time <laughs> editing this one. Who let the dogs out? Tony, that's just a couple dogs barking. I want, thank you. Thank, that's good. Thank you. Thank you, Tony. All righty. Uh, so the Premier League ended not too long ago, um, but, but what was determined recently uh, were some of the superlatives for the year. That is, who were the player of the year, the young player of the year, and the coach of the year. And almost to, to no surprise, it was swept by Man City players. Coach of the year was Pep Guardiola. Young player of the year was Phil Foden. And Ruben Diaz was named player of the year. I think there's some people who are upset about that, as they think Harry Kane should have won it. But that's not for me to discuss. I'm just giving you the headlines. Um, there was a fun saga with Antonio Conte, the former Inter Milan and Chelsea manager. As Spurs attempted to lure him in, it sounds like he might actually be backing out, which I think if you are anyone with a um, decent IQ, you know to avoid Spurs. So good for Antonio. And then Carlo Ancelotti was plucked from Everton to go back to Madrid, which as a non-Evertonian, I just kind of read that headline and moved on with my life. But um, when you start to think about it a little bit more, it sucks to be an Everton fan, and they are starting to hate him. Um, that's that's some next-level betrayal to show up for a season and then just dip when you get an, another offer. So um, there's some bad blood there. Let's pivot over to the CONCACAF Nations League, as Eli had alluded to earlier. The U.S. men's national team had their first competitive match in way too long, um, and it was their semifinal bout with Honduras which they beat in a not-too-thrilling game, 1-0, with a 89th-minute winner from U.S. debut Jordan Sibachu. Sibachu, Sibachu, Sibachu. Um, and then Mexico overcame Costa Rica in the other semifinal to set up a final later tonight, Sunday, as we're recording, uh, the U.S. versus Mexico. Um, winner doesn't win much, just bragging rights, but that means a lot over here. Come on, U.S. Come on, U.S. I think all all American outlaws should be like heavily British. Um, so the Euros are right around the corner, as we're obviously talking about. A couple headlines there. Um, there was a lot of uproar. Uh, this is now like almost two weeks ago about the four right backs being named to the England roster. That was inclusive of Trent Alexander-Arnold, Kieran Trippier, uh, Kyle Walker, and um, who else? Oh, Reese James. And then Trent got hurt. And so there's uh, potential for Jesse Lingard or James Ward-Prowse to take that spot up in the air. Very exciting stuff. Um, and then KDB, as you all recall, was injured in the Champions League final. Looks like he'll be missing the first game of the tournament, but should be back in the Belgium roster. So if you have Belgium going far, that is exciting. Um, and then there's also, if you aren't paying attention to just all the Euros, there's also the U21 Euros, where they have the finals taking place later today in a couple hours. Um, that'll be between Germany and Portugal, Portugal, um, which is very exciting, um, especially for Germany fans, because I think Germany's had a bit of a lull the past few years, and to know that their younger team is starting to, sh to, to, to hit their stride is, is quite exciting. Um, and then, of course, we have to spend some time talking about the NWSL. Um, Orlando Pride, they're just doing their thing. They've kind of been knocking teams down. They're undefeated in their first four games. Um, with Alex Morgan, who's leading the way with four goals in those four games. So 100% scoring rate. Keep it up, Alex. Um, and that's all we... 
nope, Tony, not that song. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> and that's all we've got. Thank you guys. Jonesy, thank you for that. You know, just a quick update on the England squad because I checked. I did, I did hear that Trent Alexander-Arnold got a little knock. He has withdrawn from the Euro tournament. Um, I'm not sure who actually filled his spot. I'm looking at the defender list, but interesting development. Not great for Trent. You know, as a Liverpool fan, got a little soft spot for him. Uh, but yeah, sad to see that happen. I wonder if Pulisic rolled into the Nations League training camp in those games just stunting. Like with the Champions League trophy, all the other U.S. players like, oh my God, oh, you're, our, you know, you're a legend. Oh my God, let me get a picture with it. Do you think he was humble about it or do you think he just went all out and was showing it off, you know, everyone else in awe? What do you think the, the locker room was like, first locker room back on the U.S. national team? You know, I, I feel like um, he already has so much clout Go, like, like I, I feel like he's one. He doesn't seem like a super ostentatious, flashy type of dude. So I don't think he's one to lean into that. And I also think he recognizes that he's like, he's just elevated. He's a little bit different. He's the, he's Captain America essentially for the team. And so I imagine this is not. Fun. I'm not taking the fun route. I'm taking the like what I actually think happened. I think that he was, I think that he kind of showed up and was trying to like, just, okay, like next thing. I think really like the difference between what he'd normally do is he's probably a little zapped. I imagine he's, he's gonna like, yes, he's riding the high, but like he's, he's kind of, he doesn't have the hunger. He's not gonna be hungry to do stuff. He's not gonna be hungry to win these games. He's like, you know, I'll play, I'll do the thing. I'll go through the motions, but I've just come off this massive high. I'm, I'm just kind of chilling now that that's my read. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I didn't realize I feel like it wasn't as much of a talking point in the media and the soccer media world up until that point, or maybe this was just me not being in tune to that aspect of the the media realm, but was he really the first U S player to win the champions league? When I saw that stat thrown around, I was like, Holy moly. It seems pretty wild. There's, there's technically, there's technically this other player um, who's like, like a half, um, uh, like, like, like he, I'm trying to remember what it is, but, but he played with Borussia Dortmund and won the, won the champions league in like 96 or something like that. And he's now, um, like the technical director at the, uh, for the galaxy. Um, but he was, he was previously the, um, the, the go-to for, um, for like that first American but, but I, I'm not sure what it was. I think it might be a technicality or something. But yes, I think he's like maybe the outright first American-American, like born in the U.S. kind of guy, or I'm not sure. He's definitely the first big player in our generation, like our generation of fans, and, and the one right before and right after maybe. Yeah, it's really cool. Which is 100%. fair. Yeah. Props to him. I'm sure he's, he's handling it well amongst the squad. And hey, they're looking to win their own their own trophy of sorts in the nation's league, even though it's not as, uh, not as highbrow, not as illustrious as the champions league <laughs> final. One could argue, one could argue, you know, debatable. I could even see both sides. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely debatable. I'm going to head to a quick sponsor break. Thank our sponsors as always. And then we'll be back with our Euro preview, breaking down the groups, breaking down the predictions, breaking down the breakdown and doing it all in European. Things are starting to get back to normal, and that includes airports. People are taking to the sky to get from destination to destination. They're moving, or able to move through the air with wings. That's right, they're flying. 
Wearing masks while in the airport is safe and absolutely the right move. But the looming question remains. How can you eat an Auntie Anne's soft original pretzel without removing your mask? Undoubtedly, the best possible airport food. Introducing the pretzel-shaped mask, the maskzel. The maskzel is just like a normal mask, except it has a pretzel-shaped hole molded precisely to match an Auntie Anne's soft original pretzel. You heard that right. It means you no longer have to remove your mask to slide the entire pretzel in your mouth in one fell swoop. Food heaven. Make sure to grab the maskzel before your next airport visit so you can eat and fly safely and unhealthily. That's delicious. That's a delicious ad. Just a tasty morsel from Maskzil. And who doesn't want a little Auntie Anne's in their life, you know? I want so much Auntie Anne's in my life. Maskzil sounds like um like a like a moisturizer or something like a like like I put on my face or something. Maskzil or, or or like some <laughs> ointment or something like that. And is it like a in the pretzel fits in the hole? Is that how it works? Exactly. You just open your mouth real big and it's just molded perfectly to fit the pretzel. So it's just one bite kind of deal. I'm hoping to see that at the Euro 2021 tournament. <laughs> Euros, your group A, I see. Kick us off. Let's do like 30 second, one minute rundown of each group. All right. Euro 2021 group A, a uh, very quick condensed breakdown here. So in group A, you've got Italy, Wales, Switzerland, and Turkey. As I mentioned, Italy earlier in the episode, they're hot. Uh, they, they're coming in strong new manager, Roberto Mancini. So look for them to, to do very well. Uh, I, I predict in group a Switzerland, they are, they are coming in, uh, decent. I think they had, a, a um, they did win their qualifying group. So they're coming in uh, pretty well. Jaka and, uh, company will be coming to the tournament with high hopes of making it out of the group stage. Turkey. Um, is coming in looking looking good. Barack Yilmaz, one of their strikers, came off a fantastic season in League Un for Lil Lee Lie Lil after their winning winning run. Um, so he'll be a top top player for them in Wales with Gareth Bale. Uh, I I think they are the weakest group coming in or the weakest team in this group. Um, but Gareth Bale, he'll have to be playing. Uh, very well at a high level for the team to do well. And, you know, he, he very much can. So it'll be a fun group. I do think Italy and Turkey will be making it out of this group. Group B, we have Denmark, Finland, Belgium, Russia. And Belgium is the obvious favorites to win the group. Just so much experience, so many studs. Kevin De Bruyne, as Jones mentioned, will be back hopefully after that first game for Belgium. You got Lukaku up top. Just a really experienced, the Hazard brothers, and they're actually, they've actually been ranked the number one team in the world for a while now and went undefeated in the qualifying group, so they should crush. The battle for second will really be between Russia and Denmark. Denmark mentioned earlier, that's kind of my team I'm leaning towards wanting to support. Russia had some, some success in the last World Cup, and they did lose some of their key players. So Denmark, I think they might be able to edge them for that second spot and, and make it to the round of, of 16. And lastly, Finland as an underdog, they're just happy to be here. They have a former school teacher as their coach and will probably get dominated in most of these games. But if they can even get a couple of points, that's a huge victory for them. And even just being at the tournament is a moral victory for them. They love playing together. 
love hanging out. Everyone loves Team Upuki. I think Belgium and Denmark will come out of Group B. Group C, arguably my favorite group of this tournament. You have Ukraine, Netherlands, Austria, and North Macedonia. Very fun group. Three of these teams, so not including the Netherlands, have never advanced past the group stage in this tournament in history. So one of these teams will for sure be making their nation proud and their uh, manager proud and just making history for the country. So that's that's really awesome. I think that Ukraine, they are undefeated in their qualifying matches. They're coming off. Um, so they're, they're pretty hot. They've got a lot of momentum. Shevchenko, uh, ex-player, he's now their manager. Um, he, I think he'll, he'll take the team, lead the team to a first-place finish in this group ahead of Netherlands, who I think will get second. Uh, Netherlands does have some young, quality talent. Uh, Memphis Depay is going to be their leader coming into the tournament, coming off a 20-goal season in Ligue 1. So look for him to, to really do a lot for the Netherlands squad. I do think Austria will finish in third. Um, they're coming in for their, this is their third ever tournament. David Alaba, Bayern Munich will be their important player on defense. And then North Macedonia, hats off to them. First ever time reaching the Euro tournament. Uh, very exciting for them in the country. So I think they will, I think they'll do well. I think they'll play hard. Uh, I just don't think they'll get the results to put them through. I love that. They'll play hard. They'll try their best. You know, that's all we can ask for. Um, let's talk about Group D. Talking about that Group D. Um, you've got England, Croatia, Scotland, and the Zezezweja Republic. Um, it's a, an exciting group where you have some um, fun history between England and Scotland, um, both of which have uh, shared an island and the, the name of Great Britain. Um, a lot of players also play in the Premier League, so there's a lot of intimacy there. Uh, it is what you think it is, though. It's a top-heavy group with England and Croatia likely finishing 1-2. Um, Croatia is no longer the dark horse that they that they were in the past World Cup. They have been identified, and they're a little bit aging. Um, so whether or not they cleanly make it out of the group is, is to be determined. But uh, we're looking at England, likely then followed by Croatia, and unfortunately... Probably Scotland, my team that I was picking to, to, to support, will probably finish last. This Czech Republic team is uh, athletic, is strong. It's got Thomas Susek uh, and Vladimir Kufal and Patrick Schick. Or Schick. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough team to break down. If anything, Croatia might slip up against the Czech Republic. So we'll see. But we're looking England, Croatia, Czech Republic, Scotland. Better hope the airport immigration officers don't listen to this episode, Jones, before you travel there. They might just shut you down on the spot. Fair enough. Putting them last. Embarrassing. Group E, we've got Spain, Sweden, Poland, Slovakia. A couple of S's in Poland. And Spain used to be the world beaters. They won 2012 Euros. They won that 2010 World Cup right before then. They've slipped a bit. They've really slipped in their world domination at that point. And they still have such solid talent all around the field with Ferran Torres up top, Gerard Moreno, in the midfield names you've heard of like Busquets, Thiago, uh, De Gea in goal, or Simone. De Gea has had somewhat of a tough season. They are missing Ansu Fati, which would have been really exciting to see, the young Barcelona star. He's injured, but they still definitely have the talent to make it out of this group and probably win this group. They are the heavy favorites. Poland, Robert Lewandowski, 
carries all of their chances in his single or both of his strong feet, his right and left, and his his heading game is obviously very strong too. So in his body, in his entire body, carries all of their chances on doing something in this tournament. As he gets older, he just gets better, possibly winning the Ballon d'Or this season, breaking the goal-scoring record in the Bundesliga. They could do something. They might have a couple of players outside him that could, that are experienced in the defense, like Bednarek or uh, Click in the middle, but really Lewandowski will make or break it for them. Sweden, they do have a bunch of players that you might not have heard of, but that are strong players, like Emil Forsberg in the middle for RB Leipzig or Alexander Isak, their star player, a striker for uh, Real Sociedad and La Liga. But everyone just sees no Zlatan and thinks that's it. What is Sweden going to possibly do without the man, the myth, the legend, Zlatan Ibrahimovic? They should also have a very good chance of making it out of this group, and it'll probably be either them or Poland in that second slot. And lastly, Slovakia. This is only their second ever Euros qualifying in 2016. They have Hamsik in the middle, Dubrovka in net. Uh, they could make it interesting by beating Sweden or Poland, but I just can't see them getting two quality results and enough points to make it out of Group E. So I think it'll be Spain and then Poland, because Lewandowski is just that good that make it out of this kind of interesting, interesting Group E. The the final group, Group F, is uh, is a tough one, um, only for Hungary, really. Um, <laughs> you, you're looking at a group that has Hungary, Portugal, France, and Germany. Um, and if you are flinching like 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 many Hungarians are these days, it is because Portugal is coming off the uh, reigning Euro um, 2016 champs. You've got France, who is the reigning World Cup in 2018. Uh, champs in Germany, who's the reigning uh, World Cup champs in uh, 2014. Um, so this is a a historic group with um, with the biggest powerhouses that you could find in Europe. Um, unfortunate for for Hungary, um, unfortunate for France and Portugal, who are two teams that were favorites coming in. Um, I think it's hard to to look at France and not think that they'll still finish first place in this group, if not in the entire tournament. They're star-studded. They're loaded. They've just brought in Benzema, who hasn't played in the team for like five years. Um, so we don't even know just how good they really could be. Portugal has an exciting young team with, uh, yes, Cristiano Ronaldo, but he's no longer their centerpiece. And I think that's, a, if anything, has allowed them to um, spread the ball more, not be so lopsided, um, and could allow them to make a run all the way. Germany... Um, Germany's in a weird transition process phase where they're still a good team objectively, um, but they don't have the same weight that they used to. Their U21 team, for all we know, could be better than they are. Probably not, but maybe. But maybe. Um, I think we see this going France, Portugal, Germany, Hungary in that order. No crazy upsets. Um, Let's just hope that Hungary doesn't get starved of goals because then they'll be (laughs) super hungry. (laughs) (laughs) jones do you think the ultimate winner of the tournament will come out of that group f i think it's very likely um there's been some nice speculation that england has such a good chance of going all the way because they don't have as 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 grueling a road to get out of the group stage um but i i think if anything this is this is kind of the kick in the butt that France needs. In the World Cup, 
um, they kind of stumbled their way out of the group stage and then they eventually turned it on and, and, and brought it home. But um, I think they need to be prodded early and on. They need their challenge in the first couple of games to wake them up just to show us how good um, this France team is. So yeah, I'm, I'm bullish on France. I'm picking them going all the way. Uh, I do think the winner will come out of group F um, echoing what Jones said. I also do like Portugal uh, kind of as my team of the tournament. I do think England will underperform as per usual. Sorry, all English fans, but I just think it's bound to happen. The hype just gets to them. Uh, Italy. I do think Italy is a team to look out for. It's kind of a high, the top 10 in the world ranking, but sort of an underdog team in a way is how they're, they're not very much talked about. So it should be interesting. It's a great shout for Italy. Yeah, I also like Portugal. I think Ruben Diaz in the back line, winning player of the year in the Premier League for City. He's Portuguese. They just have such a solid team, like you were saying, Jones, even without Ronaldo, that if he sticks to more of a very strong player on the squad role versus trying to make it all about himself, which he's, he's well, he sort of had to in the 2016 Euros when he got injured in the final. Um, but they just have such a solid team now. I think they would take down France in a important knockout round type, type game. So I'd make it two for Portugal. And we'll see what happens. What do you think? No Spanish player, no Real Madrid players on the Spanish team. Bigger storyline that people are making it out to be. I I think it, I think it is um, because because who on that team really would make who on that team would improve the squad? You know, if you want <clears throat> if you want Nacho just to be like on the team because you have a body on the team, fine. But I think to their their coach's credit, whose name's escaping me. Um, he, I think he, he like submitted a roster of 25 instead of 26 or something like that saying, Hey, like I know what I need, uh, and I don't need any superfluous bodies on this, on this, on this roster. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think it makes sense to me. Um, yeah, not, not as big a storyline as, as people have been blowing it up. Euro 2020 it's here. It's in the clear or hopefully it should be since it's starting this week. And we might be doing a live stream or two, so so keep an eye and an ear out for that, and send us what team we should be, what country we should be supporting. We gave our guidelines in the beginning, so if you glossed over that, listen, so you don't come off as an idiot. But beyond that, just send us some teams. We really want to hear from you. We appreciate all of our FOFs for listening and for tuning in, appreciating soccer, loving soccer like we do. And we're going to watch some Euros. We'll probably talk about it more throughout the tournament on social and on our podcasts. And we'll see you next week. See you next week. Take it easy. Yeah, I was sticking with the coleslaw. <laughs> I was, I was literally just you munching on pounds of coleslaw. <laughs> now I was munching on the the apps beforehand, which just was like hella cheese and potato chips and. 